Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. I'm Matthew Leach and this is The Interview. This week we've interviewed the former president of PNR, Deputy Peter Furbrush. To say his three plus years in post were tumultuous is an understatement, but Deputy Furbrush says he did his best as the top committee president. He sat down with me to talk about the past few years, the future and what his hopes are for Guernsey, following the motion of no confidence and the subsequent election of Deputy Lyndon Trott as his replacement. So, very simply, welcome back again. How are you doing? I'm fine. Happy I'm fine. Christmas and all that. And to you and everybody at Bailiwick Express and beyond. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So it's um interesting end of the year. I guess first things first is um how, how are you doing after everything that happened? Well, okay. Uh, I, it's as though, you know, when you don't realise you're under pressure and all of a sudden that, whatever that pressure goes... You just feel poor. Rises you know, away. It's a bit like a balloon with the air going out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did you realise that you had actually... Because it's an incredibly stressful job, very time-consuming yeah. job. But I've always done... Uh, you know, I've been a litigation lawyer all my professional life. And that means you're against deadlines and challenges. People expect you to you know, climb out Everest and cure cancer and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, so I've always had that kind of pressure upon me. Uh, so pressure's something I'm used to, uh, but I suppose as you get older, it wears on you a bit more. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, so we'll go touch on a couple of bits and pieces here. But first off, I suppose, do you, what are you going to be doing with your time now in the states and out of? Yeah, well, I'm going to be a backbencher for the next eighteen months till the next election, and then I step down, obviously, because that's uh, you know the next election. I will not seek re-election at all. Well, my intent was, Matthew, that all things be equal and things could change. I've said publicly for a long time that I saw uh, being president of PNR chief minister as a one-term thing. Not, I'm not saying it should be a rule because some people might want to do it for two three terms. For me, I saw it as a one-term thing. That I thought I might be a old stager, I'm certainly old, old stager, backbencher for a term. Yeah. Well, that's been advanced, really. And the states were saying that they didn't like my kind of leadership. So, you know... Good luck to the new leaders. Half the stakes, I say. Just over. So, as so, you're as a backbencher now. Yep. You're, um, but outside of that, will you be doing, taking on more work? I hear you yeah. might be getting back into the I'll legal work get more. Back into the legal stuff. I've been. What are we today? Wednesday. I've been at the law firm every day this week. I'll be going in again tomorrow and uh, a bit of Friday because obviously Friday's the last working day before uh, the break. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing a lot more of that. So it's quite nice to have that for you, I suppose, because that's kind of, you You say that often is quite one of your first passions. It law. is. I've, well, I've been doing it all my working life. You know, I was a teenage law student, uh, a young lawyer, then a middle-aged lawyer, now an old lawyer. I've been doing it all my life. It, it's a bit like, I'm, thankfully I've never been a drug addict, but it's a bit like being a drug addict. I think it's difficult to uh, wean yourself off it. I can imagine. Um, so if you look back then, over your over the term while you were president of PNR, um, are there moments that you're particularly proud of or highlights? Well, I think I'm proud of the bailiwick for, uh, in particular, for COVID. I mean, uh, Deputy Sir Pierre was uh, dealt with the first eight months or thereabouts of COVID, so I came in in October, second half of October, uh, twenty twenty, and the challenges were abounding. Uh, you know, we had another lockdown in uh, January of twenty twenty one. Then we had to come out of it, and that was difficult coming out of it because you didn't want to go too slow, you didn't want to go too quick, you wanted to make sure you were fine. And the bailiwick came out of that quicker than just about anywhere else, really. And uh, 
people like Dr. Brink and other and politicians, etc., and the people of the bailiwick were by and large fantastic. So uh, it was a challenge I wish we'd never had to face, but having faced it, the bailiwick could look at itself in the face and say, did it proud. And then for others, I mean, uh, coming out of Brexit, we weren't in. Yeah. But, you know, Guernsey had Protocol 3, therefore we were, as were Jersey, greatly affected by it. Just a small band of civil servants. Our small band of civil servants were top, top, top quality who dealt with that. Uh, and also Deputy Latok, who led it as external relations uh, politician. Uh, I had to step in when he was ill. Uh, and I had a close eye on it anyway. And again, people don't see that, but that was a lot of work. That yeah. was a lot of work, very well done, by a very small group of people who served the bailiwick's interests uh, incredibly well. I was going to ask, um, you mentioned civil servants there. I mean, you had a, a, a few years working with a lot of different people. Relationships are a big part of the job. Are there any particular people that you were, had only worked with for the first time or g- generated very good like relationships with while you've been yeah, in post? Yeah, uh, I've worked with most of them the first time, really. Uh, and I know people say, oh, civil servants, they're dreadful. That's a general statement. That's awful. The civil servants... Uh, I work with, particularly the senior civil servants who are of first-rate quality, totally dedicated. They're not nine to five. They do seven days a week if they've got two that work long hours. They've been under real pressure. Now, I'm not saying that as somebody who's just turned, oh, you know, he started from one view and came to another. I say as a feel, we've got far less civil servants at that level than other jurisdictions per capita. Uh, so I commend them for the quality work that they have done and are continuing to do for our, for our island. And um, politically, did you have any people you particularly enjoyed working with this term, time yeah, round? Yeah, I mean, previous terms, previous terms, I've enjoyed working with lots of people, but previous terms, uh, my two favourites were Joe Moody, who didn't seek re-election, and Jan Cuttlebasher, who sadly died just before the last election. Yeah. They, were, they were good guys. I enjoyed their company. They had a cheeky sense of humour. They were both very bright men. Uh, this term, I've enjoyed working with the colleagues on PNR, but I've enjoyed with the Neil Inders of this world, I've enjoyed the Millie Dudley Owens of this world, the Rob Prowse, and others. But those are people, again, quality people doing their best. So you see the states now as, there are still, there are still strong people working in our government after all the questions and conversations that have been raised. Yeah, there are. I've just laid three of them, uh, Dudley Owens, Prowse, Inder, for example. Yeah. Uh, people that I've got great confidence in, and they're all different characters, uh, you know. Uh, Neil is a very able politician. I wouldn't have him as my head of diplomacy. Uh, <laughs> I think he would accept that. Uh, I just think they're all good, 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 good people. I'm glad that Rob Prow there is, for example, because we've got Moneyvale. We couldn't have a better person at the forefront of Moneyvale. And um, do you have a lot of hope for the future of the next 18 months now? Well, it's going to be a difficult 18 months, whoever's at the helm. And I wish Linda tried, genuinely wish Linda and his team well, because they've got a difficult task. The state has boxed itself in because it didn't want to make decisions on the fund, you know, our tax no. uh, problems. They are tax, our income problems, and they just kicked the can down the road. And whether they were in favour of the, G- I call it the GST package, it was more than that or not. They haven't made a decision. They have made a decision on education through, despite the good efforts of uh, Deputy Dudley Owen and her team. Uh, difficult decisions have been knocked back. You know, it'll be all right tomorrow. It'll be all right tomorrow. Well. Uh, eventually that tomorrow will come yeah. and we've got to make decisions and I think that Deputy Trot, despite I'm sure his best efforts and he will make best efforts over the next eight, year and a half or so he's not going to be able to get a massive tax uh, no. uh, package through the states 
He's not going to be able to get any kind of major borrow through the states. He's not going to be able to do too much about housing. I think he'll just be, uh, he'll speak for himself. I think his main job is to steady the ship. If the next states doesn't grasp these difficult decisions, then we really have got some more significant problems than we've even got now. Can you imagine any difficult decisions being made in the next 18 months? Is it simply because of... I think it would have to be a real crisis. Uh, You know, some real crisis. We don't want COVID again. Uh, But, you know, something of that ilk or something with our severe infrastructure, then the states would have to deal with that. But these other things, they'll just make decisions uh, to say, well, you know, uh, we're going to get this, something will happen. Uh, The wind will blow us great fortunes. This will happen and we don't have to do it. So... Let's hope that 18 months' time is different. Uh, if not, well, you know, we'll have even more problems. I mean, we are facing a little bit of a, well, a crisis, I suppose, but, a, you know, the rumour mill is going a bit haywire about everything going on with Condor at the moment. I'm sure you can't speak about much of it no, at I all. But um, the recent thing was today we spoke to uh, John Napton, who said... Oh, yes, the chief executive. Yeah, and he said um, that they would be open to being purchased. Oh, right. And um, which has kind of been the rumour all along. I mean, what are your thoughts on the future of infrastructure, maybe specifically Condor at the moment? I can't speak because clearly, as former president of PNR and a member of the Civil Contingency Authority, there are restrictions on what I would say about anything. I don't want to indicate, you know, a Dom Dardwood Wink thing because that would be wrong, uh, Matthew. But we have got to shore up our infrastructure. Uh, Sea links and air links are vital to any island. Yeah, uh, we're a small group of islands, so we've got to have that. There are other infrastructure projects. Trouble is, we haven't built up enough revenue to have a surplus. We have a surplus generally on revenue every year. Yeah. But when you take away depreciation, the fact we haven't invested enough in our capital infrastructure, we don't. We can say what we like. Mm-hmm. You could do all the arithmetic you like, get all the clever accountants in the world, but you know, uh, you add two and two, it's still got to make four. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you look back over some of the topics that you've been involved in and, and, and issues. Of course, we've spoken about the highlights and stuff, but obviously a roller coaster. Yes. Um, yes. Any particular moments that you found particularly tough during your presidency? I found it. I'm a very resilient character. People who know me know that. Uh, you know, I'm lucky to be born. Are you bored with that? Uh, because I, you know, I go to sleep. I go to bed and I go to sleep. I mean, lots of people have problems sleeping, but I've never had that since I was a teenager. Because, you know, it's the old uh, quotation from Macbeth, sleep knits the ravel sleeve of care, so you've got to sleep well. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that. The, but what... Uh, and social media is social media. Uh, one of my sisters says there's lots of keyboard warriors who are sitting upstairs in their underpants eating cheeselets, bashing out malicious messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she was speaking literally, uh, figuratively rather literally, but sometimes... Yeah, it might have been literally as well. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the, that doesn't get you down. You just think they're pathetic people. Um, I think after the last funding and investment debate, when we made no decision again, yeah, uh, we got no further forward than we'd been eight months before or years before. Uh, I got as forlorn as I've ever been in relation to political yeah. matters there because I just thought, what is the solution? And I did think for a week or so, should I say, okay, I've done my best, walk away. But then you recharge yourself and you carry on. Why? So, I mean, you've been asked this a million times, but you stuck around. I mean, do you, yeah. are you still happy you made that decision? Yeah, I think so, because we've tried our best. And, you know, people have criticised uh, 
I think in particular they criticised Deputy Haley and Deputy Vahody, and I'd like to say they've been an absolute credit to the states. I've worked with them closely over three years. Uh, they're robust characters. Uh, I think they would accept that definition of themselves. But all the decisions they've made, and my other two colleagues, uh, well, my other three colleagues, because Deputy Salisbury for the first two years, uh, Deputy Natok, who's been an exemplary uh, external relations minister, and Deputy Murray, who's hit the ground running in the last 13 months or so, uh, all of them have done their... They're people of quality who've done their best. Yeah. Um, so you've been in politics now for a long time. Yeah. And you've been, you know involved in the local community for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, what has been the difference this time round compared to other terms that you've done? I, I think this time, a friend of mine who's a former politician, a, a good friend of mine, uh, she said there was a picture of she and I in the States in the late 1990s. There were 57 people, I think, in the States in those days. At that time, of the 57, 43 were in business of some kind, 14 word. Now, of the 40 members, and the statistics may be a bit wrong, you know, so bear in mind, give me a bit of tolerance. 10 are in business, 30 are not. Yeah. Now, I think the balance has gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. Because... So there's more... This needs to be... Everybody in the States is a good person doing their best. They're in it. I've never seen, in either of the, the two lots of terms I've had, any uh, corruption, any dishonesty... Uh, you know, people say, oh, he's in it for this purpose or she's in it for that purpose. Absolute nonsense. Uh, people are in it and have been in it for the best interests of the island, even if I disagree with them on their policies. Because uh, it's often a thankless job. I mean, why would you do it absolutely, otherwise? Absolutely, absolutely. But I do think you've got to be able to make a decision. And if you make 10 decisions, you're going to get three or four of them wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter how well researched you are. And facts could change against you. You know, all of a sudden, there could be an earthquake, thankfully there won't be, there could be an earthquake in Tortoval that you could have never foreseen. You understand the point I'm making. Yeah. Or economically, something happens outside of the bailiwick, which has, in fact, on the bailiwick. You're still going to be able to make a decision. You're going to be able to adapt. And don't be... You must never be cavalier and make a decision that could affect people's lives without, without thought. But ultimately, you've got to come to a conclusion. And you've got to be prepared to be wrong. And there's been not enough of that this time round. I don't think there has this time. When I was in the States, I know people all gold, ro 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 rose-tinted glasses, etc. And of course it was far from perfect. Then I used to get frustrated with the Dussains who seemed to ever to make a decision. They were good people, they make a decision. The, uh, and they were very conservative. But if Advisory and Finance, which was then the senior committee, and there were seven of us, I was on it for the last three years of my first group of terms in the States. If they said something, then it was listened to, it was respected. They yeah. have no more power than uh, policy resources have got today. But their decision was respected more. Now, we seem to want to dissect every decision to death. Uh, and you can't do that. What, how, why do you think that was lost, the gravitas of a top committee? Well, the world has changed. Yeah. You've had social media uh, and uh, a different kind of state's representative. Um, so I guess you said uh, briefly there in 18 months time you may or may not stand again I mean what would need to happen for Peter to stick around for another there would have to be a real crisis that I thought I could contribute to I don't want a real crisis I want no. Guernsey to prosper last thing I want is a real crisis uh, so it would have to be something like that and so uh, finally I'll tie it up I mean are you hopeful for the future of Guernsey I know this has been a particularly tough ride yeah, politically you, and you've got to look forward You've got to realise there are challenges. If we do nothing, no, I'm not. If we just continue to kick cats down the road, 
eventually you run out of cans, you run out of rope. Yeah. But if we can make decisions, this is a fantastic place to live. It's got great opportunities. It's got it's, the people of Guernsey, the bailiwick of Guernsey, because I've extended beyond just us Guernsey folk, it's the Albany folk, Sart folk, etc. They're second to none in the world. They're decent people. Uh, in the last, both of the build-up to the motion of no confidence debate, through it and after, I've had people I don't know from all social stratas tap me on the shoulder and say, well done, well done. Thank you very much for what you've done. Even people who didn't, didn't agree with what we were doing over the GST package. That means a lot. That means a lot. People smiling at you. It's people uh, treating each other with respect. Of course, we've got lots of people in the world that don't do that. We've got people in Guernsey who don't do that. But th that's what gives me hope for the future. But we've got to be resolute and uh, make decisions. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Matthew. Happy Christmas to everybody. been listening to a bailiwick express podcast if you like what you heard please share like and subscribe so we at bailiwick can continue to pull apart the stories that affect you the listener thank you for joining us